Well, thank you very much for that warm welcome. It is one of those things when we come back uh, from the mission field. Um, I mean, this is the first place we come. This is where our family is. Um, my parents and my sister and her family uh, live in the Dallas area, and so we're automatically here. But then coming back to, to this church, um, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in San Jose, California, but coming back here is very much coming back home. It's coming back to people that are, we know that, that love us and support us and pray for us and give towards us and, and have taken a vested interest in, in what God is doing in and through us over in Papua New Guinea. And so it, it, we're just so very, very thankful um, for our time here. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think that uh, we've been back for like, I think, eight months or pushing towards nine months. And, and in like three or four months from now, we'll actually be back overseas. It's one of those things where it's, uh, you're living in, in a sense, two different parts of the, the world. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be challenging at times. Um, what I'm going to do this morning is... Um, try to probably uh, do a little bit of a brief ministry update of what our previous term was, but then try and spend as much time as I can um, in God's Word, because that's what our greatest need is, is to be able to look at God's Word and understand our lives, our world from His perspective. Our perspectives get fairly skewed. But before we get going, I just want to pray. I've, I know I've got about a half dozen different things I want to try and weave into half an hour and uh, I want God's uh, words to flow through me this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for, uh, for who you are, that your spirit uh, indwells us, that uh, you can guide us. Um, and I ask that you would just give me the words to say this morning that uh, will bring, bring glory to you, will bring clarity to, to what the challenges are over in, in Malamanda, in Papua New Guinea, and it will also challenge us in our hearts, in our lives, so that we can walk with you, in step with you, in, in, in the Spirit, and um, just bring glory to you in all that we say and do. So just guide me this morning in your Son's name. Amen. Okay, so real quick, um, I'm going to flip through some pictures um, as to kind of where we have been for the last three years. Um, we had lived in Malmanda, which was a tribal location in Papua New Guinea, um, and I had been there for probably two decades, and before I actually, you know, we completed the work more or less in Malamanda, um, and we moved out to Lapilo. Um, and that's the, the compound, if you will, the, it, call it a missionary-gated community, if that helps you uh, kind of understand what, uh, what it's like. There's a school there, there's medical facilities there. There's all sorts of different, uh, you know, a, a store there to where we can get our food. We can, we can function there. It's the main mission headquarters for Ethnos 360 in the country of Papua New Guinea. So leadership is there, aviation is there, and, and whatnot. Um, and we'll go, just so you know, I'm going to run through this, and, but just know that this is a little bit of a teaser for some ABF presentations that will be happening, one of them on March 15th, and I think there will probably be one or two more before we head back. So this is, if you have questions, and I'm going too quick, just realize that you'll need to uh, show up on one of those, and then you can um, get a bit more information. This last term was a little bit different. 
uh, for us because it was the first term where we were living outside of Malamanda for the whole time. And so we had different ministries. I was involved in um, the center operations and a supply as well as some other ministries as well. And then Judith being out of, you know, the kids were in school now and she had opportunities to be involved in many different things. One of it was helping out in the school on the management team for the school, working um, as a receptionist in the medical, and, and a bunch of other things that we'll go into at another time. Um, and then obviously a couple of different times, well actually only one time this last term, she was able to come with me into Malmanda and spend time with, with the ladies there as well. Um, and then the boys. The boys, um, they're doing really, really well on the mission field, and we're very happy to see how they're developing into godly young men. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it, and it's been a great time. There's, once again, a whole lot more that I'll share at another time concerning just how, the different things that they're involved in. Um, one of the other different tasks, and I had like three major responsibilities while I was uh, functioning on this last term. One of them, and one of the, the, the challenges or one of the, the ministries that I had that was probably, oh, I can't say which one I enjoy more, but I really enjoy working as a consultant. In Papua New Guinea, there's like 830 different distinct languages and cultures, and we have missionaries that are constantly coming to the field, and they, they're you know, Western, American, some of them German or British or Australian from different countries, but they're coming to Papua New Guinea to do essentially the same thing I did in Malamanda. So they have to go into a new place and they don't know how to speak the language, they don't understand the culture, and though they've had training in their home country, there's still a lot that they need to understand. So it is one of my challenges, one of my opportunities, and a joy to be able to go in, spend time with them, give them direction, give them some evaluation, and, some, and, and just help them get through that whole process. Um, once again, there's a lot more that could be shared on that. And then, obviously, one of the things that I've spent a great deal of time on was just continuing to encourage the Malamanda Church. We stepped out in 2014 allowing them to function on their own. They had church leadership, elders and deacons. They were functioning. We had the New Testament. We gave 200 copies into their hands so they could read God's Word on a daily basis. And so they're functioning, and yet there was still the opportunities to go in, and this is a, a picture of that neck of the woods, um, and to, to be involved in different, uh, different things. Um, one of the things that they did um, this last year is they wanted a new church. And I was like, okay, I'm not really seeing it. They had a church building, but they wanted a new church building. Um, and so they, uh, uh, just completely independent of me pushing or prodding, they came up with the equivalent of, it's like 50,000 Kina. That would be like maybe, probably 50,000, that'd be 15,000 US dollars. Um, and, and that's probably hard. I mean, that would be like saying the, the high school department here came up with $20,000. That would be like, whoa, how did that happen? Um, but it was the believers saying, you know what, this is something that we have prioritized, and you know what, we are going to come together and we're going to do it. And if you knew their culture, you would realize that's not normal. These people coming together to do something that's not just for in, an individual need or, or want, but something for the collective body of Christ in that location, 
It, it was amazing. And so when they started doing that, it was like, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to do whatever I can to help them in it. So part of the, what I did was travel in and help them do the actual construction. And they wanted a cement floor and... Once again, I was like, why are you doing this? And yet they came up with the money. They flew in like 50 bags of concrete and carried all the materials up from the stream in order to do it. So it's like, well, okay, the least I can do is go in and help you actually see it happen. So we went and, and did this. And if you work for OSHA, don't look too closely at those pictures. <laughs> um, you know, movable scaffolding. You know, what could be better? Um, so, but, but in the end, you ended up having a church building, and you've got, um, th that they can say is theirs. This isn't the white man who did this. Um, this is what they decided to do, and I just facilitated it, and, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's just that even as, you know, you have older kids, and instead of, like, pushing them to do it, you're just encouraging them to do what they already want to do. And, and it's just, yeah, it's a wonderful thing, and it's a sign of growth and maturity, and that's really what you're after. Um, one of the other tasks that I had, um, well, during most of my time in Malamanda was doing Bible translation amongst uh, a myriad of other things. Um, and it just takes a lot of time. And in 2015, we were able to give them a New Testament translation. We printed off 200 copies, and there were, it was a very basic, no-frills I mean, obviously, no red letter edition. There was no pictures, uh, no gold leaf, nothing. Um, and so we just gave it to them. But our main goal was, like, get the word into their hands so they can read it. And as they're reading it, they can, I gave them, like, handed out highlighters and markers and, and, and everything so they could highlight stuff. I was like, I don't know what this means. It's like, okay, great. Or there's, like, yeah, this is spelled wrong. Yeah, I don't like the spelling of this. Okay, so we could then, two or three years later, work through all of that, get all those things cleaned up and ready, and then we could do a full-blown translation, or the printing of the translation. So that's one of the things that I was able to do. I went in numerous times, and basically, well, not basically, I read through every single word in the Malamanda New Testament and the Old Testament portions as well. Um, took a great deal of time, but it actually was a joy. Um, if, if you ever get a chance to, just sit down and even read the whole book of Romans out loud. Has anybody done that? I mean, I'm giving myself a, this is a rabbit trail that will come back to haunt me. But, but it's one of those things that was a joy for me to be able to do, even though I'm speaking in a different language, but that doesn't bother me at all. Um, but to be, the joy to be able to read the word of God with two other believers and, and, you know, day after day after day to be able to just immerse yourself in the Word of God. But one of the things that was, um, uh, okay, one of the things that was, a, was enjoyable in that is like, throughout the whole entire morning when I was in there for maybe like two weeks at a time, I would be in God's Word during the morning and then in the afternoon. And by three o'clock, we were pretty well toast. Uh, mentally, you're, you're just trying to analyze, okay, what's wrong with this? What, okay, and, and so you're making adjustments and, and go, okay, how are we going to write or spell that particular word? Are we going to make word break here? And so you're, you're exhausted, but then it would be like, okay, we turn them loose to go and, and get ready for dinner and get whatever they needed for the, their day, take care of their kids. Um, and then I would be able to go out 
into the community and just kind of hang out with people. Because it's, we had spent so many years in Malmont, so these aren't just people, they're our neighbors. They're our friends. There's people that I've, I've spent like over two decades of my life being, you know, living in community with. So I'm going out, and, 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 and I've been able to present the gospel to these people. I've discipled them. I've been doing Sunday teaching with them. And so it's, okay, what do we, where are they at? How are they doing? Um, and then I would go to, um, well, one particular um, couple, they were, they helped me in language study, and um, he was a leader for many, many years and just struggled one of his struggles was uh, with his marriage. Um, before they got married, it was actually rather scary at times to go to their house because um, they have machetes and axes, and sometimes their, the wife would, um, would have a machete in their hand and would be talking very loudly and animatedly um, with it raised in roughly this position. Um, and the husband is like making a beeline outside the door. So you're going like, okay, well, this is, um, this is not so good. But then they got saved. That's good. Um, and one of the challenges I had was, okay, we're coming back in. And, and I'd always go in and I'd go, okay, Bonabe, so how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Okay, how are you and Yanome doing? Pregnant pause. So, um, so okay, how, how, so what's going on? Well, Eric, we're not fighting as much anymore. I'm like, okay. So you're not fighting as much anymore. So, okay. Now, a little backstory as well. I mean, we've taught them through the creation to Christ. We've taught them through the book of Acts. We've taught them through 1 Corinthians, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, um, 1 Timothy, Revelation, and James. So they, they have a, a ground. And then we've also done a parent conference, specifically on parenting, and one specifically on marriage. So these aren't like new believers, but then you have this pregnant pause, and you're going, okay, we haven't been fighting as much. It's like, okay, well, that's good, but is detente, the cessation of active hostility, kind of what our goal is for a Christian marriage? It's like, well, no, probably not. Um, so it was one of those things that was kind of heartbreaking for me as I'm, as I'm, I know both these people. Um, and I'm sitting in there going like, okay, well, what is going on here? What really is the issue? How do I address um, this issue? Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. This is one, just like a, a one-time event. It's just this ongoing and trying to encourage them, trying to disciple them along towards actually having a practically solid, godly marriage. Why? Because if you have a godly marriage, then you can actually enjoy marriage the way God intended it to be. I mean, if you don't, then marriage can be pretty much a nightmare. Sorry, that's not, you know, it, it, it just, it can be. And, and you're looking at this, I mean, if you have a pregnant, oh, well, we stopped, we're not fighting, she hasn't tried to hit me with a machete lately. Oh, well, great, you know. Um, but I want so much more for them. I mean, my heart was going out to them, okay, now how do I address this? And so what I want to share a little bit this morning is, okay, how I went about a, at least some of the first introductory um, attempts to deal with this, not just with Bonabe and Yanome, but with the church as a whole. Um, 
Now, let me, let me go and give you a little bit of background. Um, the root of this problem, it really comes down to cultural background, cultural baggage that the Malmanans have. Um, if, and I, I don't have time this morning to go into like all of the, how they view women. I mean, that's, that would be a simple, the simplified way. Their view of women is, is all sorts of messed up. Um, from like little girls are not as valued, they're valued for what you can get out of them. Um, now, do they love their little girls? They do, um, but they have a price tag in a sense on them. So like, if, for instance, if a girl is going to get married, it's like, okay, well, how many pigs and how much money can we get for this girl? Oh, well, I'm going to give things to this little girl, my niece or my daughter or whatever. Why? Because when she goes to get married, cha-ching, yeah, then that's the payout. So we're investing. This is like their 401k or something. So they're investing in this girl, and then if everything goes well and the boy that, that takes a liking to her is from a reasonably sized clan, man, I'm going to cash in. And so the value on women is, is really, really messed up. And the marriages then start off on the, well, okay, well, I need to pay how much for, oh, 28 pigs and about well, 4,000 kina, which would be about 1,000 bucks and 28 pigs um, in order to get your wife. And, and then those pigs and the money go out to all the, the girls' family. And if they don't get a big enough pig, it's, it's just a big brouhaha in the whole village. And, and oh, mine's too small. I got a baby. I needed a big one. And I only got 50 bucks. And I, I should have gotten 200. And, and the arguments and, and all of that that ensue. But what that does is it degrades the position and the person of that, of that young lady who's going to be this wife. And then you have this coming right into the marriage. I mean, that's how their marriages start off. And they go downhill from there, um, by and large. So, okay, how do we deal with that? Um, so, what I want to do is to look at a passage of Scripture. It was in, uh, actually, February of last year, or exactly one year ago. Amazing uh, what happens in one year. Um, so, I was in there, and I was like, you know, I want to deal with this the best I can. Um, and so, what I started out to do was... Okay, well, let's look to see, okay, how do we deal with this? Um, and th where I wanted to start was, who is God? Who, who is Jesus Christ? Um, so let's, if you can turn your Bibles, and it's on the screen as well, and we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1, and we're gonna, in verses 15 through 20. And, and really, the foundation for our relationships is a right understanding of who God is. Um, we have to understand that God is the one who created us um, and not the other way around. Um, God is the one in, who created us and thus God is the one who actually understands who we are and how we should function. And so let's take a look at, at we're going to just briefly run through this. Uh, these verses, and take a look at what Paul says here to the Colossians. Okay, in verse 15, 
says, Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. This is NLT in case you're wondering. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Now, we'll just stop there for a moment. Um, so, what can we take away from this? A lot of it is, comes down to God understands what's going on. He was there before us. He understands exactly the intent of, of why he made us. He knows exactly how we should function. Um, and going to him as the foundation for all of our knowledge, for all of our wisdom, for all of our relationships is the beginning. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. And so even as I was speaking to the Malmanas and I was going to hit them with some rather hard facts and, and put my finger on some places that weren't necessarily going to be comfortable for them to consider, I had to go back to, to the, the, the fact that this isn't me. Um, and in reality, that same finger that I'm going to be putting on their life is the same one that's going to be on my life as well. And it makes me as uncomfortable as it makes them. And that fact is, God is God. And we can try and wiggle around all we'd like, but we come back to the fact that God is God. We'll continue on. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. And sometimes we can think of that of, oh, okay, well, he's talking about the sun, moon, and stars. Oh, okay, yeah, he probably is too. But we're part of creation too. So when you're dealing with relationships, well, maybe relationships could be held together by God as well, that he would have a design and a purpose for our lives in the relationships that we have. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now, obviously, there's a whole sermon could be preached, probably multiple sermons, just on this one passage of Scripture. But the point of what I was trying to get across to the Malamans that day was that Christ is, as the head of the church, his, his son came to this earth to die for us, to reconcile us to God, and to also bring that reconciliation and that redemption to the relationships that we have here on earth. Within the body, certainly, but it goes beyond that as well. It goes to, to relationships on every level. Um, so, and certainly a marriage, which is one of the things that I was tackling, um, trying to tackle, or set up the, the groundworks to tackle that morning. Um, what I want to do now is I want to give you a brief, well, I didn't, sorry. Oh, oh I did it, didn't I? Um, can you just go to the video presentation and start in just a second? Um, I want to show a quick, brief clip that I actually took that morning. Um, I handed, and this is always kind of a crazy thing to do. I was in there by myself in Mall, Montessori, so I'm very limited as to my technical ability to, to get 
quality footage of, of things. I handed my cell phone to a tribal, you know, a teenager uh, friend, and I said, here, can you take a picture of this? So the video that I'm going to show you right now is of me doing a, an illustration in Mall London to the, the, the people there. So it's, yeah, if you get seasick, you may want to look away, and you may want to read rather quickly because it's all in Mall London with subtitles, and we are ripping along pretty good, um, and so you're going to have to to, uh, to read quick, but hopefully you'll be able to get uh, the gist of it uh, as we go along. So why don't we... Now I'm not espousing um, anybody to bring rope to church um, here, but you can get away with some in- unusual and, and I think uh, hopefully effective illustrations over there. And uh, I mean, and it was kind of fun as well to be able to, to kind of show them, okay, what's going on? What... Are they, you know, are, are the people I'm dealing with there not believers? No, they are believers. But they're believers, and what are they, they, they come with cultural baggage. They come with their personal baggage. Um, and even though God has said, okay, I want you to be free. You, you think of like Galatians 5.1. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Um, but what is the reality? As I was, as I was talking to Bonabi and Yaname about their marriage or, or seeing a different other issues within the community, what was the reality? The reality was they're tied up. And, and it wasn't tied up because God tied them up. It's tied up because they came into the Christian walk tied up. They were bound. They were in darkness. They were under the, the direction of Satan. And in his kingdom, they come out of that kingdom. So positionally, they're free but what probably we figure out as well in our own lives is like, yeah, we're free in Christ, but how often and are, are we actually like I was up there? We're still bound. Um, and one of the things was, is, as I was talking and, and presenting, I say, okay, why do we stay free? Why, why do we stay bound up? Well, one of the things that, that I presented to them and challenged them with is that because we were comfortable with it. Now, the mall monitors are comfortable. Even in their husband-wife relationships, they're comfortable with it. Well, it's not comfortable as in because it's enjoyable. Because their, their marriages can be rather miserable. But they're comfortable in it because it's familiar. That's the way it is. So that's the way it was for my parents, and that's the way it is for me. And my kids will probably be roughly the same thing. So that comfort is in the familiarity, but that comfort isn't in the freedom that God wants for them. It's not certainly their, their best, God's best for them. But the other challenge that they have there is that you have all sorts of cultural pressures. And I think we can relate to that here as well. If we're going to live out the Christian life in this culture, well, people aren't necessarily going to like that either. It's easier to stay in the bondage that we were under when we were in darkness, spiritual darkness, separated from Christ and from each other, because by doing so, it's not going to ruffle anybody's feathers. Like if they were going to have a normal wedding, like it was like a godly wedding, and it wasn't going to be a cash transaction to get a gal, well, there's, there's going to be the equivalent of class action lawsuits, violence, bloodshed. I mean, it's going to be absolute bedlam in Malamanda for them to make the transition towards, you know what, I want a wife that God gives me, and I want that, that marriage to begin because of love and to be honoring to God, and not because I paid so many pigs. Um, 
And so you have these, these different forces. We, we are comfortable with it, and, but then it and it's also takes a great deal of courage to step out of it because to step out of it means that we've got to do what God wants us to do and not what the culture around us says is acceptable. And so that's a challenge. And that's, um, I, for me, you know, I went through and as I was presenting this and I was, it, it kind of struck me as well. You know what? It's like I want to try and challenge the Malamans to not be bound up with sin and with the cultural baggage and all of this stuff that keeps me from being free. Um, and I, I had to go, it's like, oh, God, I, I want to, 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 to be free, or I, I know that I should be free. I, I can read through Romans chapter 6, where we can go, okay, I, am, I am, have been crucified with Christ, um, and I should no longer continue sinning because of my relationship with Christ. I should be giving my body to, to God for righteousness, not to sin for unrighteousness. And you can look at like Hebrews 12.1 where it's like take off the, uh, the, the weights so you can run the race, the hindrances, the sin that so easily entangles us. We know that. And yet, how often do we go, okay, this is more comfortable just to keep bound up in sin um, and the challenge to it. And, and the, the other thing that as I was dealing with the Mulmonans, I was dealing with, with my, God was dealing with my own heart and going like, hmm, how often do I, in a sense, deal with this as a passive bystander? Um, I think that's, that's one of those, maybe it's my own tendency as, as a person. I'm quite reserved individual. We'll just kind of float along here um, and, and deal with these things in kind of a passive way. Well, okay, well, maybe if it happens, it happens. You know, instead of saying, you know what, God, you're wanting, just like it was in the skit, you're wanting to cut these things off so that I can be free. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, this is good enough. I can shuffle along and that's good enough. Um, I'll get better at shuffling. Oh, I'll hop because I can go faster. Okay, well, no, that's the passive approach. But God doesn't want us when God is, is talking to us in Hebrews 12.1, take off of those, those encumbrances. Get rid of those things. He's saying cut off these, the, the, the binds, the vines that are wrapped up so that you can be free. Free to glorify him, free to serve him, and that you can function um, in the way that he intended, um, with the joy, with the peace, and to be able to then serve him and reflect him um, in a way that is, is going to glorify him. Um, I want to just, because I think, yeah, um, I want to just add one more little bit in peace um, at the end of this. Um, I mentioned Galatians 5.1, and I love this verse is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And this is, um, this is one of those things that I, I'm, you could do a whole sermon on this. And, and so I'm just going to throw something out here at the very end um, for your consideration. Maybe in a community life group, you can, you can contemplate this. Because we're talking about being free. And, and when we look at being bound up, it's obviously, it makes it look, oh, that's ludicrous. Obviously, to be, oh, I'm happy being bound up and I can't do anything. Okay, well, obviously, we want to be free. 
So it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's like, okay, well, that's good. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So what are we free to do? Um, and so I just want to throw that out to you because, like, in freedom, quite often we, we think of freedom, we think of, you know, life, liberty, you know, like I should, you know, do the Pledge of Allegiance. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of hedonism. Uh, uh, happiness. Um, and so we, we think of that as far as, oh, so has God called me to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness? So my, my little tease for you this morning or my little challenge for you this morning is, what has God set us free to be and to do? Um, and, and hopefully, as you spend some time in the coming week, you'll be able to, to contemplate, okay, what has he called me to do? Because those are important things for us as we move forward, as we, we should be free. We, it's best for us to be free, but what are we actually free to be? Um, I thank you for the, the time we've had to share with you this morning. I thank you for the prayers that you guys have given us. And hopefully as we, we're going to be going back and we're going to be continuing to tackle these issues as we disciple, as we teach the Malmondans to be able to bring the, God's word to bear on these things so that they can live in the freedom, they can live in the light that God has given them, um, but that it can be more and more a reality in their lives. Um, and so we just would pray that you would continue to just stand with us and pray with us as we tackle these things, that we'd have the wisdom to know, you know how to do that and the, the patience and the perseverance to, to see it happen. Um, so let's pray and we'll close for the morning. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your freedom. Um, and it's, it's for our good. It's, um, it allows us to walk with you. It allows us to love you. It allows us to love each other in ways that we can't otherwise do. And we are so thankful for that. Um, we're thankful for what you're doing in Malmanda. Uh, we're thankful for the, just the opportunities to, to be working with those people and that uh, your word will impact their lives and will be able to, to have a further impact in other villages, other tribes around them. Uh, so we just pray for the rest of this morning, too, that you will be using your word and our time together uh, just in our hearts and lives, not just today, but throughout the week. In your son's name, amen.